0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 27 of the World of Sports podcast. I am your host Diego Sandoval, joined as always by my co-host Logan Ring. Logan, say what's up to the people. What's up everyone? Today we've got a very very good episode ahead of us. Um uh first as always we're going to break down the news from around the leagues this week. We're going to give our award predictions for the NFL which um are awarded tomorrow february 6th we are recording this on february 5th um and then we're going to give um as we always do our nba takeaways from the week this is week seven of the nba season and then we're going to close it off with our our thoughts on this whole deshaun watson situation because boy is it a situation um so yeah uh Follow up, make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at TWOS Podcast and TikTok at the World of Sports Podcast. Um, we are you can listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or if you want to see our faces, you can watch us on YouTube. Um, so plenty of options there. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. Starting off with the news. Um, so there's a couple of, you know, injury kind of things we have to do get. Actually, no, we'll start with the NBA. We'll start with the NBA. NBA news, the NBA All-Star game, which we will talk about a bit later, um, it's happening. Um, the Players Association and the league have agreed to a March 7th date in Atlanta for the NBA All-Star game. Um Again, we're going to talk about it later. There's some mixed emotions around the league right now, but we'll, we'll get into it later. Um, Victor Oladipo, who just got traded, could be back on the trading block for, for whatever reason. I'm not really sure why. The Rockets seem to be really thriving with him in that lineup. Um, I don't know if they want to kind of go full into rebuild mode or what their real goal is with this, but um, – It looks like Victor Oladipo could be, at least they're listening to trades. I don't know how far it'll get. Um, Also, in kind of trade news, Bradley Beal's name has been thrown around a lot, but he, for some reason, wants to stay with the Wizards. Um, They're the worst team in the league, and he's the best scorer in the league, and he still wants to be there. I, I don't really know where to take this situation until we find out more news, but... I guess he 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 wants to stay in Washington. I he's just I mean he's a
1: loyal guy. We've talked about it earlier. Everybody kind of wants to see him get out because he's not going to be winning in Washington at all. Um and he's just so talented. It's just sad to see him sort of like waste his career there and this is like the start of his prime too. But I don't know. I guess he's trusting in the organization. I don't know why though.
0: Yeah. Um we'll see. We've talked about Bradley Beal enough, I think, and the next time we probably will is if anything actually does end up happening. Um, Myers Leonard is out for the season with a shoulder injury. Um, He was out for quite a bit of the bubble last year, too. Just seems like another guy that's pretty injury prone. So out for the season, Myers Leonard. Uh, Also in injury news, George Hill is out four-plus weeks with a thumb injury. I think he just had thumb surgery a couple days ago. And then going back to the Rockets, Christian Wood uh, last night actually um, looked like he sprained his ankle pretty bad. That's what I'm assuming it's going to be. It looked pretty similar to the uh, to the John Morant injury, and that kind of brought back flashbacks because I have both of them on my fantasy teams. <laughs> so hoping it's not much. He's been balling lately. I think he's the he's the number one candidate for comeback pl- or most improved player. Sorry. Um, so hoping for a quick recovery, he's just a good story. Um, kind of been bounced around the league. He really wasn't, you know, getting the playing time he really deserved or needed to thrive. And now that he is, he's on his way to an all-star appearance, I think. So, yeah, it really sucks for Wood and, and the Rockets, who that's, he's been their best player so far. Um, that's all we got from NBA news. Moving on to the NFL now, this is kind of old news. Um, it broke, I think, maybe maybe the day after our last podcast or two days after. So we're kind of obliged. We have to talk about it. Um, Matthew Stafford um, was traded to the Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff. Two first-round picks and a third-round pick. Now, I think it's a very interesting trade because – Matthew Stafford, I think, is a top 10 talent quarterback in the league, and I think he's kind of been slept on just because he has been in Detroit. But two first-round picks, a third-rounder, and a solid young quarterback, I think they overpaid a little bit. Don't get me wrong, I think that it's going to vault the Rams into almost a Super Bowl contender next year. I think Matthew Stafford is that much better than Jared Goff. Um, I think Stafford, along with McVay and that – number one defense in the league is going to do really well next year. But I think the lions won this trade first round picks in the NFL are so valuable. And then, you know, Jared Goff is still a good quarterback. So it was good for both teams, but I'd have to give it to the lions.
1: Um, Yeah. It's a very interesting trade. I'm excited to see Stafford on a new team because the lions aren't very exciting to really watch. Um, and I guess they're looking for a new quarterback and a franchise quarterback is something that every team wants. So I guess that's what they're looking at, but I agree. They, they paid a lot for him. So maybe in the long run, they don't really win this.
0: Yeah. Um, and this kind of will end up coming back this episode when we talk about the Deshaun Watson trade, because if Stafford is worth that, wow, what is Deshaun Watson going to be worth? So we'll talk about that later. Um, Staying in the NFL, the Falcons are intent on keeping Julio Jones and Matt Ryan um, for next season. There were rumors going around that they may be traded, especially after this, you know, subpar season. Uh, I guess the Falcons are thinking about drafting a quarterback. They've got a top 10 pick. Um, We'll see. But Matt Ryan is pretty obviously on the decline in his career. Julio Jones has just been super injury prone, as good as he is. Um, he just hasn't been able to stay on the field, but it looks like they will both be in Atlanta next year. Um, teams are calling the Eagles about Carson Wentz and his kind of stock has been going up the past year as, you know, the Eagles have been transitioning and ended up transitioning fully to Jalen Hurts at their quarterback. Um, I think that this is probably the right time to trade Carson Wentz if they're going to, um, especially if they're going to plan on J- Jalen Hurts starting next year. I think it's the right move. So we'll see. I'm sure the Carson Wentz market is pretty big, just considering you know he's a couple years removed from an MVP caliber season. But we'll see. It looks like the Eagles are sticking with Hurts, though, which I think is the right, right call. Staying in the NFC East, uh, Jason Garrett is expected to stay as the New York Giants offensive coordinator. Um I mean they were the worst offense in the league last year but I don't think you can blame all of it on Jason Garrett you know they lost Saquon Barkley and they just didn't really have a full full unit all year so uh Jason Garrett coming back as Giants offensive coordinator and then actually some pretty big news for the Super Bowl this Sunday um Willie Gay, uh, linebacker for the Chiefs, and Eric Fisher, left tackle for the Chiefs, are out for the Super Bowl. Um, I think Eric Fisher is honestly a really big blow to the Chiefs. He, he's an all-pro left tackle. That's Mahomes' blind side. Um, and I think with that Bucks pass rush, they could cause some problems, especially with Fisher out. Um, that being said, we both have the Chiefs winning. Um, I still think that they have enough to win. Um, if you want to hear our full explanation of our picks, go back to last episode, episode 26, where we kind of broke down every, every aspect of this game. But yeah, we both have the Chiefs winning, even though Willie Gay and Eric Fisher have been deemed out. Now, our final group of news is obviously the MLB. Uh, it was reported that the season will start on time, um, spring training in just two weeks now, February 17th. Um, and then April 1st will be open day as it is every, every normal year. Um, great news for the MLB. It was looking like they might have to push it back, but as of right now, there has been an agreement to start the season on time. Um, some free agency news King Felix um, has signed with the Orioles the minor league deal um, Seattle Mariners legend. I don't know how much he really has left in the tank, but I mean good for him you know getting getting on a squad before spring training starts. Um, the Brewers have signed Colton Wong. Um, I think that's kind of an underrated underrated signing. Um, I think he's one of the best uh, defensive infielders in the league. And I honestly think he's going to succeed in in Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, he's coming off two gold glove years. And I mean, I don't think really anybody talks about him, but he's one of the most underrated players in the league, in my opinion. And I mean, the Brewers have a lot of infielders, but they can move him around and he can basically play anywhere in the infield. So I think this is a great signing.
0: Yeah, I think they locked him down for two years, if I'm correct. Um, That's a great signing for the Brewers. Uh, Chris Archer is going back to the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, you know, Archer's a solid pitcher in the MLB. He's, he's definitely not what he used to be. Um, but I mean, I think that the Rays are just kind of trying to compensate for losing a guy like Blake Snell and just trying to get another guy in that rotation. Um, so Chris Archer signs with the Rays. I think it's a solid signing, but I don't think he's going to end up going back to his old form necessarily. Now, this one is another uh, kind of we just missed it for last podcast episode. We talked about the rumors, and then literally the next day, I think he got traded. So Nolan Arenado, my opinion, the best third baseman in the league, has been traded to the St. Louis Cardinals for five prospects and $50 million. So what that $50 million means is basically like the Rockies still pay some of Arenado's contract just because they signed the contract with him. But the Cardinals are basically saying we'll pay 50 million dollars of that contract. So it's not necessarily just giving them 50 million dollars to do whatever they want with it, it's to spend on Arenado. So well, you know, even with that 50 million dollars, I think the Cardinals got an absolute steal.
1: Yeah, this without the 50 million, I think this is just a crazy deal. This is all they could get for Arenado. And I don't know if they're trying to rebuild or what, because they've said that they haven't, but trading your best player is kind of a big sign that you are going in that direction.
0: That's like the first step to rebuild. Yeah, and,
1: I mean, five prospects, like, yeah, maybe they could turn out to be good, but that's no, like, MLB-ready talent. And you, I mean, the best third baseman in the league, I think, is worth at least some solid players that can play right now along with prospects. And yeah, he had a big contract worth a lot of money, but I feel like teams should be willing to pay that for a guy like this.
0: Yeah, I had seen, I mean, his name has been thrown around for the last couple years. And I had seen last year uh, a, a proposed trade that the Rockies actually declined from the Dodgers that offered up Dustin May along with like our three top prospects. And Dustin May is I'd say one of the better young pitchers in the MLB and he's proven that he's MLB ready. So I don't know if the Rockies are act are like trying to build for like five years down the road, but I don't know. I I just think the Cardinals absolutely won this trade and it's not really close. Um, I think it puts the Cardinals in that number one spot in the NL central. Um, The Cubs we've kind of seen are almost, breaking their team down. Uh, Chris Bryant has been on the trade market for a little bit. The Reds, they they were in the playoffs last year. A lot of that, you know, had to do with Trevor Bauer, and it doesn't look like he's going back to the Reds, who we'll talk about later. But I think that really does put the Cardinals in a good spot to win that division. Yeah, I agree. And then the man we were just talking about, the man everybody's been talking about, <laughs> Trevor Bauer. Um, it was reported that he is down to two teams. Uh, it looks like the Mets and the Dodgers, um, and the Mets offer was actually released. It w- it's reported to be three years close to a hundred million total, which is a lot of money. Um, most likely, I'd say the Dodgers offer will be around there, also. Um, the Dodgers kind of have a history of offering short term deals with a lot of money per year to guys, like they offered. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper two years ago when he was a free agent, like two years, $80 million, which, number one, is ridiculous. But three years, 100 hundred mil, 90 to 100 mil most likely. He'll get like 35 a year. Um, that's a lot of money. Um, Bauer, it's tough to gauge Bauer in my opinion. Like he's a great pitcher, obviously, but you've got to take into – into effect that last year he pitched like 10 games and it's like, you're not really getting the full scope of Bauer, but I somebody's going to pay for him. And it looks like it's going to be the Mets or the Dodgers.
1: Yeah. He's one of my favorite players just because of how, I don't know, different he is basically and how he just gives a different perspective on baseball. It's just fun to watch him play and then watch his like vlogs or whatever. You just get to understand sort of a different side. And last year he was absolutely dominant. Cy Young, I mean, he he led the league in a bunch of categories. And, I mean, I, I, think, I think any team should take the risk of paying yeah. a lot for him just because of how good he can be. And if it's a short deal especially, like, yeah, you're paying a lot of money, but these two teams have money to spend. And also they're trying to contend – in the next couple of years. So if you want a pitcher like this, you have to go and get him. And I think he's made it pretty clear that he's going to sign with the team that he wants if they give him enough money. So I, I, you got to throw whatever you can at him basically.
0: Yeah. The Mets have made their moves this offseason, obviously the big one trading for Lindor. Um, but the Dodgers really haven't done much um, in an off season where the Padres have done a lot. And I think getting Bauer would really be like, okay, calm down, Padres. You know, I, I do think that the Dodgers are still the better team. Uh, we're going to talk about this later when, you know, MOB starts ramping up again. But I think getting Bauer really kind of solidifies that. So, obviously, both teams have the money. Both teams have the need. Um, we'll just see. It looks like it's going to happen sometime soon um hopefully you know dream scenarios we get it in this podcast we get some breaking news um but you know we'll see we'll see now that's all we got from news um so we're going to start off our first segment uh with our awards predictions um the first award is comeback player of the year i'll start um we both have the same same winner for this and I think it's not really close. Um, I think Alex Smith, and so does so do, so do you, that I think he's far and away the comeback player of the year. Just less about his stats and more about his story. I mean, he almost died. Like, he had the worst injury I've ever seen on, like, live. It was disgusting. And then, you know, he went from literally being told, we might have to amputate your leg because of an infection to leading his team to the playoffs. And I just think that's one of the best stories in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think comeback player of the year a lot of the time is just stories and you got to play well too, but this is just such like, I mean, I just feel really good for him and they were five and one when he started, which is also really good. And the team wasn't great without him too. So it kind of shows his impact. And it's just yeah, it's just it's just great to like see a guy do this from he, he either would have lost his leg or died. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. He's in the NFL right now.
0: Yeah. The only argument against him would be his stats. But I just think that the fact that he came back from such an injury way overpowers the stat difference between him and like Big Ben, for example, who's also coming off an, an elbow injury.
1: Yeah um moving on to our next award it's coach of the year me and Diego have basically the same guy for like every single one of these awards but all of them <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it <laughs> but I think this one's pretty clear that it's Kevin Stefanski for the Browns uh I watch every Browns game huge fan and I can just tell how much of an impact he has on the team with Freddie Kitchens I mean that it, it, it seemed like our or uh Baker couldn't really just do what he needed to and the team just didn't flow very well and when Stefanski Stefanski came in the team just took off they went 11 and 5 the whole culture changed um he let Baker do whatever he wanted which is what he needs to do
0: that's how Baker operates (laughs)
1: yeah and basically the Browns were one big play away from upsetting the Chiefs in the playoffs and yes a lot went their way and went against them that game it was very weird game um but still, like, that's that's crazy that they they could have gone that far and the Browns didn't even make the playoffs last year. I think it's just a pretty clear pick for this.
0: Yeah. Um, I just – it was the question mark going into this season because last year it was like, oh, they've got all the talent in the world. They have no reason to lose. And they, they obviously didn't really succeed like everyone thought they were going to. And then they made the move to fire their head coach and everyone kind of – Turned their head and was like, Is that the problem? Was the coach the problem? And it turns out that's exactly what the problem was. And I think Stefanski did a really good job stepping in here um, and kind of taking over the reins and basically doing a full 180 with this organization. So I think Stefanski most definitely deserves this award. Now, one of the more debated um, awards this year is Offensive Rookie of the Year. And we both have Justin Herbert of the chargers winning it, but I think Justin Jefferson is a lot closer than a lot of people think. Um, I'll talk about Justin Jefferson, uh, Logan, you could talk about Justin Herbert just so that we have, you know, somewhat of a, di- of a difference or disagreement, but I mean, Justin Jefferson came in, he was, I think the fifth or sixth drafted wide receiver in the class. Um, he ended up having 88 receptions, which is fifth ever, um, 1,400 receiving yards, which is second ever, and seven touchdowns. Um, he was kind of the spark to that whole Vikings offense this year. They, they obviously never they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't really do much. But I think Justin Jefferson kind of burst onto the scene and said, hey, I'm here, and I'm one of the best receivers in this class after kind of getting slept on for a little bit. You know, guys like Ruggs, Judy, CD Lamb were taken ahead of him. Um, but I think Justin Jefferson has a there's a debate to be to be had there. Um, but I Justin Herbert played so well this year.
1: Yeah, Justin Herbert had a historic rookie season. Uh, he had 4,336 yards, which is second ever, and then 31 touchdowns, first ever for a rookie. Um being in the most important position in football is a ton of pressure. And as a rookie, a lot of times they struggle, but he did not at all. And I think the Chargers were kind of seen as a team that might be one of the worst in the league. And they went six and nine, which is our six and nine when he played. And that's be exciting and sort of just lead the team. And I mean, he he's, I think he's going to be really good for the next few years. And I think he was a steal in the draft.
0: Yeah. Um, Herbert kind of came in, everyone thought he was going to be the guy. Uh, they ended up starting Tyrod Taylor to start off with, but he really came in and solidified himself. And I think he's going to be, you know, along with Joe Burrow, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Those are going to be the guys, you know, around the NFL, the the kind of elite quarterbacks going forward. So Herbert and Jefferson, there's a debate there, but I think it's Herbert. Um, Now moving on to defensive rookie of the year, we both have Chase Young. um, Just an, he was an absolute monster all season. He had seven and a half sacks, um, which, you know, usually the hallmark for a, a really good defensive season is double digit sacks. But I think his impact was so massive. Even if he wasn't sacking the quarterback, um, he kind of led that Washington football team defense. They who had a they had a great season, by the way, and they're I think they're a team to really look out for if they can get a good quarterback. Um, and especially, I mean, in the NFC East, no one's winning in the NFC East. But Chase Young, I think, really proved to himself why a lot of people last year thought he was the best player coming out of the draft.
1: Yeah. And I think he has a case for probably the best rookie this season and defense is kind of overlooked, but his impact on this team was just crazy. You could tell by watching the games and yeah, like you said, in the stat sheet, it might not show up. He still put up good stats, but it's just his impact on the field, the amount of pressures he got. Uh, I mean, you could just tell. Mm -hmm. Um, So moving on, we got offensive player of the year. Uh, Me and Diego both agree. Derrick Henry, he just put up an insane season. He ran for 2,000 yards, which led the league. Average 126 yards a game, which is just, like, crazy. Um, and I, nobody could stop him until the playoffs, obviously, where he got shut down. But in every game, it just seemed like you knew he was just going to have an insane stat line. And, I mean, he did. He, he basically carried this team, and no one could really – figure him out or stop him. Every time he got the ball you're just like, "All right, that he's he's going to get a few yards." It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I got to a point where my predictions every week for the NFL season was that Derrick Henry would rush for 200 yards. <laughs> and that was never like that crazy of a prediction, which is ridiculous. Um if you're not familiar with the offensive player of the year in the NFL, it's basically the MVP that's not a quarterback. Um, the quarter, the MVP is a quarterback's award in the NFL, which I mean, there's the argument that that's kind of BS, which I think is probably the case, but a quarterback gets it every year and that's how it works. Um, and I think if a running back can rush for 2000 yards in a season, which never happens, they deserve to be offensive player of the year. But the other guy I did want to bring up was Devonte Adams, um, he had 115 receptions this year, second in the NFL, 1,374 receiving yards, which is fifth, and 18 touchdowns, which is first out of anyone that's not a quarterback. Um, That's just a ridiculous season. Obviously, having Aaron Rodgers helped a lot. Um, but Devontae Adams, I don't want to say quietly, just because I think most of the attention was on Rogers, People obviously acknowledge Devontae Adams as one of the best receivers in the league. Um, but he had one of the best seasons we've seen recently from a wide receiver. But that being said, Derrick Henry had one of the best years by running back in the last 20 seasons. Um, like Logan said, 2027 yards, 17 touchdowns. First, those are both first. He had 5.4 yards per carry, which is second within rushers with more than 200 attempts, and he had 378 attempts. He is the absolute workhorse for that Titans offense, and he's probably the only guy in the NFL that you can say, here, we're going to hand you the ball 30-plus times a game, and you're going to be fine with it. And he'll just literally break off runs like it's nothing. And it also helps that he's like 250 pounds. So I think Derrick Henry is the offensive player of the year. We both do. Um, now, other side of that, defensive player of the year, to the guy who I think is the best player in the NFL, Aaron Donald. Um, I mean, t- take away all of his stats. If he doesn't have a sack, if he doesn't have a quarterback hit, if he doesn't have a pressure, he is drawing two to three offensive linemen a play. They are they can teams triple team Aaron Donald.
1: Still doesn't matter.
0: And he <laughs> still had 14 sacks this year, 28 quarterback hits. He you just can't stop him. It it's just crazy how
1: big and strong and just everything he does on the field is just insane. I, I mean, yeah, like you said, you have to throw two or three guys at one guy. That's just I mean, his impact on the defensive end is just by far more than any other player. And I think because it's defense, like I said earlier, it's overlooked. It's not as exciting, but you can't ignore his impact. And he still had 28 quarterbacks hit and 14 sacks being double and triple teamed all season. I mean,
0: that's just insane. Um, So to put this into context for anyone who maybe doesn't really, I don't know, watch football regularly, 14 sacks, right? Let's say he's getting, I don't know, triple teamed, which he has consistently before. He gets double teamed every single play, but on big downs, they'll triple team him. Let's say they're playing four down defensive linemen and three guys go after Aaron Donald, one person. That leaves two other offensive linemen to guard three, just freaks of nature, defensive linemen. And that just, and Aaron Donald doesn't get credit for any of that. It's just kind of, you can see it with your eyes, but it goes nowhere on the stat sheet. And I think that's part of his game that really does get overlooked and part of the reason why he's just so good.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's a p- pretty clear pick. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to MVP, me and Diego both have him. We got Aaron Rodgers. He's yep. so old and so good. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, this is just great to see. Kind of the old people and old quarterbacks in the league still still showing how good they are.
0: Unless your name's um, Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like him, <laughs> but but he's still insane. Yeah. Um. I'm just gonna just gonna list some stats from Aaron Rodgers this season: seventy percent completion percentage, forty eight touchdowns to only five interceptions, four thousand three hundred yards, and led Packers to a thirteen and three record. And then the stuff he led the league in was eighty four point three total QBR, most touchdowns, most touchdowns percentage, best interception percentage, and the best completion percentage. I, his stats were just insane this year, and his impact on the field is just – I mean, you can just tell it from there. Uh, he. I thought he was going to make the Super Bowl this year. It didn't happen, but he, he only had Devontae Adams, and basically that was his main weapon, and he still was able to put up this stat line. It's just crazy.
0: It was, it, it's crazy that Packers scenario because last year they drafted a quarterback with their first round pick and everyone was like, <laughs> oh my God, is Aaron Rodgers done? Like, are they really moving yeah. on? And he comes out and says, hey, I'm still here. <laughs> oh, ho ho, I thought it was. <sighs> Got a notification on my phone. <laughs> it said Trevor Bauer's name, but he is just trolling the league right now. He is, he is giving away. Dodgers and Mets signed hats right now this man just wants to tease us but anyways moving back to Aaron Rodgers um I think he really I don't really know the the relationship there with the Packers front office it's got to be good I mean he's been their quarterback forever but they go out and draft a quarterback and he's like oh you want to do that (laughs) okay like Let me put up the best statistical season I've had, and I already have two MVPs, you know? But, and he also got a new girlfriend. So shout out Aaron Rodgers. He's a playboy. (laughs) Um, He's dating that girl from Divergent. You know that movie? Oh, I did not know that. And Fault in Our Stars. So, you know, (laughs) shout out Aaron Rodgers, you know, baller on and off the field, Uh, mostly on, uh, definitely deserving of the MVP. The other argument is Mahomes, but I think Rodgers was just better all around this year. Moving on, That's, those are our, you know, award predictions. Again, Alex Smith, comeback player of the year. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year. Justin Herbert, offensive rookie of the year. Chase Young, defensive rookie of the year. Derrick Henry, offensive player of the year. Aaron Donald for defensive player of the year. And discount double check, Aaron Rodgers, MVP. Moving on to our NBA week seven takeaways. It is week seven of the NBA season. How about that? It is Flying. Um, so my first my first takeaway, first of two, is that the Brooklyn Nets are just simply going to have to outscore teams if they're going to want to win in the playoffs and really rely on that offense heavily. Um, there is a stat that they, since the James Harden trade, they have the highest offensive rating of all time, but the lowest defensive rating of all time. Um, I mean... I can't say we didn't see it coming. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, they all put up their scoring numbers. They're three of the best offense offensive players in the league, but they just play terrible team defense. Um, And we've seen in the past, just in in historically in the NBA, it's pretty hard to win without a good defensive team, especially when you have to stop guys like LeBron, like Giannis, like Joel Embiid, it, it, I think it's going to be hard for the Nets.
1: Yeah, what makes great teams great is that they're good on both sides. And I think there was a stat that I saw where in the last like 20 years, um, the the NBA champion, I think the lowest defensive ranking out of the league was like 11th. And I think that was the Warriors when they had Kevin Durant and Curry and Clay and Draymond and everybody, which I mean, I think is the greatest team of all time it kind of doesn't really matter who they were playing yeah um but also on the other side of the of that the nets have the best offense of all time so this is kind of uncharted territory right here so who knows i don't think that they're going to really be able to stop the best teams in the league when they have one of the best offenses and one of the best defenses and i guess their plan is to just outscore them which yeah they can put up 140 points some nights, but like we saw, like when they played the Wizards, like the worst team in the league, they put up 150. So they're just inconsistent, and they might find their team defense along the road. But I agree, it's just it's just kind of weird, and I, I don't really expect them to win a championship if their defense is this bad. Yeah. Um, moving on to my first takeaway, uh, I got the Mavs. Just need to make a change or something. They're 9-14, and 14, which is 14th in the West. That's kind of crazy that that record is 14th in the West. That's just how tough that – The that, uh, West
0: is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it just – it seems like they got worse from last year. And initially when they traded Seth Curry for Josh Richardson, I thought it was a win-win trade. Josh Richardson could come in, play defense, uh, maybe have some assists, take some playmaking off of Luka. But he has been terrible this year. And the thing is, when Luca and Porzingis both play well, the team still loses sometimes. And when Porzingis came back, their defense got worse. And he's supposed to be good at defense, but he cannot play center right now. Mm -hmm. People are just going around him. I don't know if he's lost a step or what, if he's still feeling a little injured.
0: but Give Boban more minutes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love watching Boban play. Um, And then I I, I guess their role players just need to step up and they need to play defense. Last game, they gave up 150 points almost to the Warriors. Yeah, they were the pretty boy. didn't have any
0: centers. Pretty boy. Freaking yeah. got 40 Career on high. By Crazy. pretty boy, I mean Kelly Oubre. Google him. Do it. You won't regret I it. I
1: hope everybody knew what you were talking about. But...
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I really don't yeah. understand it. We both had Luca winning the MVP. Um, he's having a good season. I mean, 27... I believe, in like nine and nine right now, hovering around there. Um, It's just the team around him just can't seem to figure it out. Uh, Like you said, Kristaps hasn't been playing like we expected Kristaps to play. He looked really good in the bubble before he got injured, and everyone kind of expected that to transfer, which, by the way, has happened to a lot of players and is a legit storyline this year that the bubble, like – I don't even like Devin Booker. We're just gonna throw out names: Jamal Murray. They they were insane in the bubble, and they just are back to normal now. Everyone kind of expected, like, oh, they're gonna there comes the incline. I don't know what it was, but the bubble really made some players better, which was interesting. But yeah, the the Mavericks, who I thought were gonna be a pretty solid playoff team this year, are not looking like it. My next. And my final takeaway, um, our third overall, is that LaMelo Ball, we talk about him basically every week, but I feel like he's he's a storyline in the NBA almost every week. Um, I'm a big LaMelo Ball fan um, myself, but I think that he has really proved himself um, and deserves to stay in the starting lineup. Right now, he's had two starts so far um, because of injury, Terry Rozier, has been injured he's been out so they kind of just put him into the starting lineup. Um I think they originally thought it would just be a filler until Terry Rozier comes back. But I mean in the two games he started, in his first start he had 14 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds and the second start he had 22 points, 3 assists, 7 rebounds and 2 steals. And the game before he, you know, got named starter, he kept coming off the bench, 27 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 steals. Um he's really kind of stepped into his own here. Uh, like every rookie, there's kind of a growing period, but I, I think that, you know, playing internationally really did help him. And as much as that was kind of a whole controversy thing, Lavar ball pulled him out of school, did all, you know, he was Lavar ball. Um, I, I think it really did help LaMelo a lot.
1: Yeah, I've loved watching him play. I have him on my fantasy team, so I've been kind of rooting for him this year. Um, but I did not expect this from him out the gates. He's he's playing a lot better. I knew he was going to be a passer. I knew he was going to be able to rebound. I didn't know he was going to be able to score like this right away at this efficiency. His defense isn't that bad. And also, I just want to talk about the Charlotte centers who have to be the worst centers in the entire league. Cody Zeller! Cody Zeller, okay, (laughs) he can be a backup somewhere. He's not bad. Bismack Biombo, I don't – he is not good. And I think that they need to trade away. Devontae Graham or Terry Rozier, they're both solid, but you need to start LaMelo, and they're getting in the way of his development. And if they can trade for a center from one of those guys, I I don't – like, that's a perfect fit. And I think LaMelo with a pick-and-roll center, he's seen – He can do something like that with, like, Miles Bridges, who's Mm -hmm. obviously a wing player, but he's super athletic, catches lobs and stuff, and they work great together. So I think if they have a center like that, that would be a perfect fit, and it could only make LaMelo better.
0: Yeah. LaMelo's passing ability would really make him one of the better pick and roll players in the NBA just because he has – he can literally pass anywhere on the court. Um, I think he's already kind of proved himself as one of the best passers in the NBA just – you know, some of them are flashy, not going to lie, pretty, pretty <laughs> crispy, but I, I really do think LaMelo is kind of already making that jump that we expect that we would normally expect, you know, two or three years down into a career. So, you know, great stuff from LaMelo so far. Point is, he deserves a starting role. Please
1: um okay my last thing I want to talk about it's not really a team or anything I just wanted to sort of talk about the all-star game and sort of the situation that's developing around it I think most fans want to see the all-star game and they want it to happen I think the league wants to see all-star game because they make a lot of money from it but also you got to think of the logistics around it we're in a global pandemic and also it was a shortened off season so you got to take everybody's opinions sort of you know, from both sides who want it and don't want it. We've seen guys like De'Aaron Fox come out and say, I think it's like stupid that we're doing this. Uh, obviously this is a risk of like a super spreader event. If one guy comes, say LeBron has COVID and comes, and every single all-star is exposed to it. <gasps> and
0: they come oh, back. Oh.
1: I, don't, I didn't get it.
0: The Los Angeles Dodgers have signed Trevor Bauer. All right, ladies and I gentlemen. Knew, I knew when we. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's reported by John Heyman. Um, hmm. Who? The champs just got better. Nice. Okay, I'm a ter- big turbo Bauer fan. <laughs> no, I've always been Trevor Bauer fan. He's just exciting. Um. So yeah. Um. Wow. Dodgers, Dodgers just keep getting better. It's crazy. Good for How you. Are... <laughs> wow. Um, we have no – we don't know, um, you know, the length of it, anything like that. <gasps> I think he posted a YouTube video. He said, my new home. Wow. Um, listen. Two minutes and 27 seconds. Um, and I can't wait, Dodger fans. Wow, <laughs>
1: wow, that's a cool way to announce it.
0: <laughs> All right, um, Trevor Bauer is a Los Angeles Dodger mid podcast. That's the best, that's the best breaking news you're gonna get. Um, <laughs> so yeah, whew, that I mean, wow.
1: Don't even know what to say right now.
0: I really don't. I mean, I already <laughs> thought that they were the best team in the league.
1: Well, Their mean, pitching rotation is insane, and they still have like the best offense.
0: Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we can. The NBA All Star. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. All
1: right. Back to what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> say LeBron has COVID. I really hope that doesn't happen, but say he gets it or any all-star and then they have the all-star game. Obviously, they do the testing, but everybody's going to sort of like hang out before. And now every single all-star has it and they go back to their teams. They're going to know they have it. But now there's no all-stars in the league for the next two weeks. They're going to have two weeks of basketball with no all-stars playing. That's going to be super boring. Um, and this could be a super spreader event. We've seen LeBron say that he thinks he has no energy or motivation to do an all-star game. Um, and I think for the younger guys who maybe it's their first all-star game, they obviously want to play, but I don't know. I, I don't really have a strong opinion either way for this, but I, I see from like LeBron's standpoint or maybe a heat player, like they did not get along off season at all. And they need this time to sort of heal and rest. Um, so yeah, I there's both sides to this. I think it's just a developing story I wanted to talk about.
0: Yeah. Um, the All-Star game. Still getting over it. I'm sorry. The All-Star game it's it's really a kind of a fan spectacle and when you don't have fans, I feel like it kind of takes away from a lot of it for the players. Like cuz we've seen lots of players come out and say like, "Oh yeah, this weekend's for the fans." Like we're doing it for the fans. It's all like it's fun cuz you know, like they're both basically just having fun. And a lot of fans won an all-star game, especially after what we saw last year, which was, in my opinion, probably the best all-star game I've ever seen. With I the love whole, the new, the new with, format. Yeah, man. with the new format, made it really fun, really entertaining. Whereas, you know, in years prior, it was just kind of like nobody plays defense and you just watch people do dunks and stuff, which is cool. But, yeah. you know, when the players are competing and they're all the best players in the league, that's, that's something else to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's also funny to like imagine a dunk contest with no fans. Yeah. Where somebody just pulls off an insane dunk and there's like no cheering. Maybe they maybe they pipe it in, but but yeah, not the same. It's just gonna be a different atmosphere, and you just kind of it's a risk reward sort of thing, and you just you gotta consider what could happen if you're gonna do this.
0: For sure, Um, yeah. All Star Game looks like it's gonna happen, but. Who knows? We might have players opting out of it. I don't I don't really know.
1: Yeah, you could see a lot of reserves, too. Uh,
0: Yeah, so who knows? Bradley Beale might actually get into an all-star game. Hey, he's, he's number one in voting. <laughs> he right is. Now, he, so. He's definitely deserving. I With voted for him. The East. Um, yeah, that's all we got for uh, NBA Week 7 takeaways. Now, moving on to our final segment. And who knows? We'll probably talk about Trevor. We'll, we'll talk about Trevor Brown to the Dodgers right after this segment, just because it's, it's something to talk about. <laughs> Um, Deshaun Watson he's been in the news for probably a month now maybe more he obviously wants out he has requested a trade um, from the Texans but the organization is still interested in him being there and the new coach they just hired came out and said hey we're, I'm in here because Deshaun Watson is staying and everyone's like well Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be there so I don't really know. Um, just some stats. Deshaun Watson led the league in passing yards last year, 4,823 yards, 33 touchdowns, which was eight. He had a 70.2 completion percentage, which is third, and a QBR of one one twelve, which was second. And they were four and twelve. That's that's a top five quarterback in the league, with really nobody around him. That's why they ended up four and twelve. And I think it's pretty obvious why he wants out. He just has kind of just been screwed over. They traded Deandre Hopkins for literally a bag of Cheetos. Um, So there there's obvious reasons why he wants out. Um, But that goes back, this all goes back kind of to the Matthew Stafford trade and how a guy like Matthew Stafford, who I think is probably, I'd put him around 10 in terms of starting quarterback rankings. He, Garnered a very solid young quarterback, two first round picks and a third round pick. Um, I think Deshaun Watson, who is younger, who is better. Um, I, he, he's going to get the Texans are going to get a lot from him. If they decide to trade.
1: I, I keep comparing this to the James Harden trade in the NBA or I guess the James Harden situation right now, because it's not a trade yet, but he wants out and he's going to get out. You got to get as much as you can back for him. They got a huge package for James Harden, even with all the drama surrounding him and all the sort of like unknowns about him. Like he went to a strip club and then got traded and still got traded for as much <laughs> as he did. Um, so I'm excited to see what package they get back from him, but they need to trade him. I don't think that keeping him for longer and making him more angry is going to raise his trade value at all. And I think it's just pretty telling how bad the team is if they have that good of a quarterback and they're four and 12. Um, Like the Rockets were still good with James Harden and he still wanted out. I just don't like, I don't know how you could convince Watson to stay at this point.
0: Yeah. And the teams that have kind of emerged or at least have been talked about are the Raiders, the jets, the 49ers and the dolphins. They're gonna. All those teams would have to give up a lot. Uh, Kind of going through them, the Raiders would probably have to give up Carr and you know a lot of first round picks. The Jets would have to give up a lot of first round picks, maybe Sam Darnold too. The Niners would probably give up Garoppolo, first and second rounders. The Dolphins are an interesting one because they have the number three pick this year, along with Tua Tagovailoa. Um, if they decide to pursue Deshaun Watson like that, I think they'd honestly have to give up both of those things. Um, And to think that someone is worth a stud wide receiver and an emerging star quarterback in the NFL is ridiculous, but he is like, it's Deshaun Watson. He's one of the most talented guys in the league. And Colin Coward, By the way, he's an analyst. Um, He proposed that the Raiders should call up the Texans and give Derek Carr, Darren Waller, and four first-round picks. (laughs) That is ridiculous. Um, As a Raider fan, no, kindly. (laughs) Um, Derek Carr is not the problem for Raiders, in my opinion. Defense was terrible. We were like 10th in offense last year and like 28th in defense. So, I mean, and also Darren Waller, in my opinion, is the third overall best tight end in the league. Um, So I don't think he's worth that much, but I could definitely see a scenario where Deshaun Watson is worth a good starting quarterback and three to four first round picks, which is insane. We've never seen (laughs) someone worth that much, but it's Deshaun Watson. That that's that, that's all I have to say about Deshaun Watson. Do you have anything else?
1: I mean, I think we kind of covered it. Yeah. We've talked about him before in other episodes too. I mm. I'm surprised he's still there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and then just to kind of round it out, we had the breaking news: Dodgers, Trevor Bauer, um, going back home. He's a he's a Southern California guy. Went to UCLA, um, and I think it really just puts the Dodgers on this crazy level now i'm gonna start being biased just because i'm a dodger fan so you can step in and tell me when i'm being ridiculous but i mean walker bueller trevor bauer clayton kershaw david price dustin may julio Urias. i mean come on
1: and one of the best offenses in the league
0: right i could name off all of our offensive players if you want me to but i won't <laughs> um i'm just hoping we re-sign justin turner uh, as a dodger fan But I think it's kind of like these Padres fans were all like, oh, we got them. And the Dodgers are just kind of like, oh,
1: come on. Hey, I I think that they're better this year. So I don't know. But you think think...
0: the Padres are better than the Dodgers? No, no, no,
1: no. no. Better than they were last year. No, 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 (laughs) no. Okay. Look, I'm not a Dodgers fan. I live in SoCal. So, yes, I, I like watching them, I like going to their games. They're one of my favorite teams, even though they're not my favorite team. But I never call myself a fan. I think for the league, this is scary. This Absolutely. team is this team is insanely good, and I just in like a seven game series. I don't know how you can beat this team. Their pitching rotation is insane. Their offense is insane. I, I, their front or, front or whatever their coaching staff is insane. Everything is so good. They have so many prospects they yeah. can, they can do whatever they want. And I don't know that they, they just keep getting better. It seems
0: yeah. huge. Shout out to Andrew Friedman. He's the um, the GM of the Dodgers. You know, he's, he's done everything he can in the last, however many years to get the Dodgers to this spot, you know, traded for Granky, traded for Machado, traded for Darvish, signed Mookie Betts, traded for Betts, signed Mookie Betts, now signed Trevor Bauer. Um, Obviously, part of it is being in LA, but also I just think out, there's just a culture there that people want to go. And I think Trevor Bauer going to the Dodgers makes them one of the best teams in MLB history. I'm saying it.
1: I, it you can say yes, the Dodgers have a lot more money than most teams, and that is absolutely an advantage. Yeah. But also, like the Yankees have just as much money, and they can't get it done. So, right. There's a part of the, of the Dodgers organization and just how they're run that is just really good. It, it's like the Warriors, how they just cultivated sort of a mm-hmm. team chemistry and just everybody surrounding them knew how fun they were and how good they are. And everybody just wanted to be a part of it. And the Dodgers just are never done. They just want to keep getting yeah. better. And that's why they're so
0: good. And a vast majority of our of the Dodgers team and the best players on the Dodgers are homegrown. Like they were drafted by the Dodgers. They came through the system and they're just, they're Dodgers. It's So I don't know that that organization is special. They know how to, they know how to do what they're doing. Um, and Trevor Bauer is a Dodger. So yeah, um, that's all we got. Uh, we were hoping for the breaking news. We got it um you know great for the podcast great for the listeners if you're listening Uh, we love (laughs) you um you you heard what we talked about you know all the stuff nfl awards nba takeaways deshaun watson trevor bauer all the news um thank you so much for listening to episode number 27 um of the podcast again follow us on all our social medias instagram twitter um tiktok the world of sports podcast look at it all um But yeah, for my co-host, Logan Ring, my name is Diego Sandoval, (laughs) signing off.
1: Signing off.